Doctors take Field of Greens for their own health. Here's Dr. Ryan Green to explain. We're like you, too much fast food and not enough exercise. That's why I take Field of Greens. The fruits and vegetables in Field of Greens support my heart, lungs, kidneys, and metabolism for weight loss. And Field of Greens promises your doctor will notice your improved health or your money back. Get 15% off with promo code HEALTH at fieldofgreens.com. That's promo code HEALTH at fieldofgreens.com. Product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. I survived the gensurrection, but I may not get through this season in Salt Lake. I may not be a member of the royal family, but tonight I've had so many gummies, I'd give the countess a run for her money for the title, Your Highness. (laughs) That was... It went a lot of places. I hadn't written it down, but you stick with it. Oh my God, you guys, I just, I literally, that was such a winding road. I I am extremely, I cannot tell you. I was talking to this guest earlier today and she said, I've had, I'm a little bit high. And I was like, that's perfect because I feel like I am. So I think the energies will match. You guys, it's Andy Scrolls. It's episode, I think, 376. Could be wrong. Sounds right. Hi, Vey. What a day in Bravo news. A lot of stuff yeah. happening, a lot of stuff being discussed, a lot of stuff giving me thoughts and feels. So who better to unpack the shitstorm and some good stuff? I got to say, and a rainbow or two. It's a mixed bag always. It's a little bit of a mixed bag. Bravo giveth and Bravo taketh away. Uh, one of my favorite people to have here on the People's People's Zoom Kiki Couch. Her IG bio says if Dateline and Sports Center had a Bravo baby. And you guys, I'm so glad that baby girl is on AG tonight. Bravo, Bravo, ducking Bravo. Welcome back. Thank you. Always a pleasure. Oh, my God. So tell me about the gummy situation. What are we riding? Okay, we are very high right now. I've I've had my it's my favorite brand and I've tried a lot of brands and I don't Mm. get paid. Not one penny, not one dime. I just love them. I love them. Cypress Hemp. I take the Delta 9. It's great. So when you have a gummy, not to be a Mm -hmm. dum-dum, but as we've discussed, I've never had one before. Do you like take it with food or just make sure you're hydrated or nothing matters? Nothing matters. To me, nothing matters. I just know if I haven't eaten a lot that it'll hit me a little bit harder. Is it shaped like an animal? Is it shaped like a gummy, like a bear? It's like a little, like a little sugar crusted square. It's delicious. Can you get animal-shaped gummies that make you feel happy? I'm sure someone out there does it. I don't know of them. (laughs) Yeah, I think I would kind of need to require it being a bear, I have to say. Otherwise, what's the point? I guess, you know, pleasure or whatever. Who needs that? I mean, if anything, I'm sure they sell like a little little press for that. So (laughs) you could make your own. You can get out your little cookie cutters for making holiday cookies and just cook yourself a nice night by cutting into that gummy and doing and do you mail do you get remind me do you mail do you order it over online? Yes they ship to all 50 states. It's a beautiful thing. Um, Life changing. Yeah I had never done it. I tried it like eight months ago. It's my new favorite thing. Well, I'm extremely here for our energies because mm-hmm. I feel like there's a lot happening. You and I had a side conversation about some of it. So yeah. I feel like we just... We're calmer kind- now. 
I'm a little calmer okay, now. Okay, a little calmer. For for better or worse, honestly, mm-hmm. that can go either way. I've gone introspective um, with it, but we'll get to that. Okay, well, I, I feel like we just kind of need to talk about it. Um, You know, there's some stuff that Andy uh, said on his radio show that absolutely got a big public response earlier today. But I first want to start with the Jenton saying, because I don't know that we've necessarily chatted about it. What was your reaction um, to the day's events? Um, you know, it was entertaining, as expected, because the judge uh, had some one-liners and some sass. Mm-hmm. And then the um, the bag of tricks that we were thrown from Jen's legal team with every checking every box they possibly could with the elders and the respect. And I'm an immigrant from Hawaii and, you know, Tonga and all this kind of stuff. Um, so it was entertaining, but I was frustrated by the same two points that you were. Mm-hmm. And that was that he made such a big deal, he is in the judge, of saying that she was an actress playing a role on the show, a scripted kind of a thing. I was like, okay, so he doesn't understand what the show is. I feel like we know her better than, you know, somebody who sees her in her best behavior in court would. Um, And then another part of the, uh, something that he said was about, he acknowledged the support that was there for her. I'm like, no, it's lucky lose. It's not necessarily like pro-gen. People want to see justice served. Yes. Well, she did have a big group of family and including some friends who were in attendance who took up easily three rows of the courtroom. And the courtroom was not a big size. I think they said one of the pieces said it was like 70 people at capacity, including yours truly, and then an overflow room. But it felt honestly like smaller than that so Mm. I don't know what the total number was but it was definitely filled but there was a huge contingent and at the beginning of um Jen's lawyers addressed to the court so it started with they went to the side to have this like side conference about whether to release files that Jen and her team wanted to keep private and the judge disagreed and said we're I'm going to release this it's in the public interest some of it a sm- an amount of it will stay redacted but most of it won't be so that is what started off and then the judge said listen I understand what the guidelines are I understand what the recommendations are on both sides I plan to be somewhere in the middle so I would like to hear from Jen's lawyer and the government about that variance like Mm -hmm. why do you think it should be x instead of y and y instead of x and when the lawyer Jen's lawyer began her address to the court she introduced and this might be you know, par for the course. I've never been to a sentencing before, let alone in a courtroom in federal court. But she introduced every single person who was there to support Jen. Oh, so interesting. Her mom, her mother-in-law, okay. her therapist, her friend, her um, sister, her brother, her children, her, her I was about to say her coach, her yeah. husband. Like it, it was a, a big part of this was talking about Jen's family and attendance and also her role Mm -hmm. as one of leadership and esteem in her family unit and also in the Tongan community. So that played a big part into, um, you know, who the who the court was saying, uh, you know, Jen really is. Although, you know, if if being an elder is a, a position of such authority and esteem and respect, and Jen is the matriarch. I wonder how her mother feels about her daughter asking her to, 
you know, send over Venmo request her life savings to support Jen's um, uh, LOL innocence. Yeah, I think about that a lot. And I think about, you know, if if she was a person who was a little bit of a, I don't know, more developed soul, she could have just said, I messed up, right? I did something horrible. If you're going to ask your family for anything, it should be money to pay back the victims and make things right. But instead, she hemorrhaged this cash into this false court, you know, legal battle that never had to happen, you know, and kept screaming about her innocence on the show. And I, I don't know if that is, I don't know. It's so interesting to me because intelligence wise, it makes no sense. Like, you know, you're caught you know you're caught and that everybody that you work with has been getting arrested in like the 18 months prior and you know how this is going to play out i just don't know where she thought this was going you know well she was you know stealing from people and quite literally obstructing justice as the show was filmed so i think she thought i don't know that she was thinking to the future i think she was probably thinking of the past and present which was a circumstance in which she was getting away with an awful lot of crime where i could understand her thinking why do i have to stop i've come this far because she had been so many years in and was very successful it was one of the things that the ausa noted like you know there were some people involved in this who were really fucking lazy and mm -hmm. jen wasn't she worked very very hard to go from being an associate to like the very top of this she had a strong work ethic and um you know it is what it is i don't know that jen shaw has any ability to apply that work ethic to anything but herself in the darkest and scariest of ways. But, um, you know, it, it, it is one of those circumstances where because the judge said at the very beginning in his address, his understanding, which then becomes the court's understanding, right? Because he's saying this to all of us, mm -hmm. that regardless of what the government has submitted, and regardless of what people have said, that his understanding is in exactly in line with the defense when it comes to reality TV. This is totally scripted, a highly produced production. Um, she is a character, so I'm going to take that out. It doesn't mean that he then considers Jen this, like, innocent little, you know, teddy bear. He's He made clear his feeling about her guilt and her complicity and her role at the very, very top of this repeatedly interrupting her lawyer to be like, you're not you're not going to get me there. Your your defense is doing the opposite to me because I, I know what you're saying and it's completely wrong. Um, and yet a huge part of Jen, one would think, would be the Jen we saw reflected on television, which if you take her good friend, Heather Gay, um, if you trust Heather Gay's accounting, which I don't know how that goes these days, Heather would talk at the very beginning of Housewives about the Jen that we see on TV being the Jen she's always known. So how do you separate the two? Mm -hmm. You don't. There's so there's just so much crap layered on top of that. Um, and something else that you know bothered me too, and I know I mentioned it to you in DM, is that. They made a big deal about, you know, she's never really been in trouble before. And then mm -hmm. a temporary restraining order came out. And I, you know, did this dive forever ago. And it was back when 
Salt Lake City was still in season one. It was pretty new. And I thought Jen was great. I was like, oh, look at this amazing housewife. And she's got her own thing. I don't really understand what it is, but whatever. Um, and she's so entertaining and different, whatever. Then people started DMing me and saying, you know, she worked for a company where they waterboarded a guy. And I was like, what? what? I was like, oh, excuse me, what? And I was like, that's wild. You know, you get one DM and you're like, that's weird. Okay, I'll make a note to look into that. And someone else would DM and be like, yeah, you know, I'm from there. And she worked for this company that was like a scam company and they waterboarded a guy. I'm like, okay, well, that's two. So hold on, let's look. And I have a highlight about it. It's called Prosper You. And there's a picture of Jen in her like Biden dress on the highlight. You got to go back a little bit farther to find it. But I did that. And at the time, Jen was messaging every account. Like any account, she would start a rapport with you. And she was funny or her assistant, whomever it was. We never assume mm. it's the actual housewife talking. Right. And um, she would say funny things to me. And I'm like watching it live in the you know, middle of the night or something. And I'm saying like, LOL or whatever at a part. And I remember I looked into the waterboarding one day. And I, that's what the highlight is of. It's of me being like, oh my God, okay, this is real. And like looking at the case filing where a man in a high pressure sales position was waterboarded as part of a meeting activity. And the director said, you need to fight as hard for a sale as you are fighting for air right now. Mm -hmm. And so she worked oh at that God. company. She was the director of business development. And, um, I had asked her about it and I was like, Hey, you know, it was this company and I didn't, and the waterboarding wasn't even the leading part. It was the secondary because then once I looked into what did the company do, they were also known as Trump university. So they sold Trump university courses, you know, that all turned out to be a scam. You weren't actually getting anything. Right. They had to pay like a huge fine. Yeah. So that's what she yeah. did right before this so i just feel like obviously that's a pattern and you don't really have a problem with selling something that's not really there or for a you know wild work ethic and some of the texts that we were seeing back and forth in the in the court case documents are really harsh how did she respond when you were like oh she said something like a lot of that's you know being blown out of proportion and like i wasn't there at that time and i was like no but i checked the dates you were there at that time you know, so she just kind of like brushed it off and dodged it. And right then I was like, something ain't right. And so how surprised were you or how did that even impact your experience of watching Salt Lake? Um, knowing that there was some something really seriously wrong underneath what she was showing. Well, it just showed me that she was like comfortable with either either comfortable with a scam situation as long as she was making money and or comfortable with um kind of skirting around something instead of owning it that was ob so obvious and you know would likely come out and why not just say what it was um was it a and even in my highlight because this is my first time ever hearing anything bad about her i was like you know she, I'm sure she'll address this and she'll say like, oh, that was a terrible place to work. I got out of there as soon as I could. It was a toxic work environment, whatever. Or she would come out and say, I had no idea that happened. Something. But I was like, she'll, I'm sure she'll address this. No, never. 
And yet when people wonder why did she think she could get away with this, it was probably because many people, myself included, had no idea of even anything close to that occurring Mm -hmm. at her um, place of work. The fact that she didn't feel like she needed to respond and was in some ways right in the sense of like that didn't necessarily that wasn't information that went viral that like led to questions around her. I didn't even know that that occurred until tonight. I mean, it does tell you something about the ways that like a person's narcissism or self-enforced denial, um, you know, whatever you want to uh, call it or describe it rather than diagnose it, um, how much that can sometimes be attached to the reality of like people not knowing, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. And it's how, you know, how they may view the world too, especially because the the t- I think it was two guys that started that company, Prosper You. Like they had a book, they had all the stuff. Wow. It was like work better like us or something. The name of the book. It's in the highlight too. But um, so I'm sure she looked at that business model and was like, "Dang, those guys pay are making a lot of money. That's that's a pretty sweet outfit to get into." So as soon as I heard about this entire scam and she was the kingpin and they were selling something that wasn't real that was supposed to help you learn to do something, I was like, okay, well, she knows she knows that that works. She just did that. And um, I thought, wow, she probably got bold and was like, I can do this myself. Well, I mean, she fit the business model in many ways of the new generation of housewives, these women who seem out of control, out in all of the ways, out of control, just unbelievably like out of pocket wealth and rich, the sense of behavior not necessarily matching up with the idea of having like a close circle of friends. Um but doing everything that's just too much. It's like for every franchise, there has to be, I would say, like at least one or two or of those kinds of types, like not from a financial perspective, but like the Brandy Glanville of it all, like the people who have, yeah. and this isn't meant as an insult, but like a, a level of shamelessness, mm-hmm. right? Like how necessary people feel because there's like a little bit of a match that's being lit and you don't exactly know where the fire is going to land, just that it ultimately will, someone will start to feel hot at a certain point. And with Jen, I, I just, the lack of um, understanding, I would say, to yeah. the circumstance of what's actually going on by Andy and the network, like the complete unwillingness to understand that like it's not necessarily great for the housewives brand to have this woman tell the judge in court she's still a member of the cast and be convicted of this kind of federal crime um i I would think they would not want to have the reputation of being so willing to work with fraudsters once they know that they have in fact committed fraud. And yet we're not necessarily seeing that take place. No. And what the confusing part to me is uh, there's so many confusing parts. And I think anybody who's been a longtime Bravo fan has seen people um, get away with certain things or be harshly dealt with for different situations, whether that is like immediately cut from the cast and footage erased or um, you know, banished off of into just in the netherworld, like we'll never hear from certain cast members ever again. And we know that. 
uh, or public statements being made on behalf of the network based on someone's behavior on or off of the show. And then this, where at BravoCon, Andy says, no, you know, we've, she pled right, guilty and that, we pled, she pled guilty. And we're like, okay, that's where your line is in the moral sand, right? Mm -hmm. Someone pleads guilty, but then you think, but Teresa pled guilty. So it's not necessarily one for one. There, there's some gray and there's factors in there, but for Jen Shaw, that's where the line was and we're done now. It's like, okay, good to know you have boundaries healthy boundaries good for you guys so then for him the next sentence to say but i do want to have a sit down with her that's even more special attention that's that's a bigger deal than her being there on stage with her castmates at BravoCon. like for somebody who's that much of an egomaniac i mean the audition tape where she's trying really hard and she says fifty thousand dollars a month because the whole world knows you know erica jane said forty thousand dollars a month mm -hmm. to be her like, don't give her the thing that contributed that to her scam, which is, I want to be on TV so bad. I want to show that I have all this money. Yeah, and it's also the reality of, like, the ways that her defense tried to argue that the show helped influence her need to continue and escalate her crime. And it's like, okay, but you started this how many years prior to the show even being a thought yeah. or an idea? So that doesn't... That. It doesn't gel. It doesn't gel in the ways that they agreed or or um, were so truly heard by the judge with the idea that uh, the show is entirely scripted and produced and has nothing to do with who Jen is, regardless of how close the Jen we see on TV is to the Jen described in the hundreds and hundreds of exhibits the government has submitted. Like, there is a cognitive dissonance in believing that the Jen that we see in the courtroom for two hours is the real Jen, not the Jen that we've experienced for years in mm -hmm. real time in tabloids on social media and on the show. That's all manufactured and fake. The real Jen is the Jen who's saying, um, I feel real bad. The reason that I <laughs> pled guilty is not because I knew I was fucked once I saw all the evidence. It's because I realized, oh, my God, when I was stealing that money from everyone's grandmother, I didn't realize that they were, in fact, a grandmama. And mm -hmm. when the court submitted all this evidence, I thought, you know what? I done wrong. Mm -hmm. Now's the time I got to take accountability for it, except that in the months following me taking accountability because I feel so much guilt and shame. I'm going to threaten and attack cast members on social media. I'm going to get disinvited from BravoCon and fly across the country with my friend Heather Gay to try to crash it. Mm -hmm. I'm going to continue to have super high glam that costs God knows how much money and is coming from who knows what account. It's like, why are we believing this woman who's even putting aside the reality TV, telling us by her behavior everywhere else that yep. she's completely full of shit. Absolutely. She truly is. It makes no sense to me because it's not as though we're going to finally hear somebody's side of something. <laughs> like we know what she's going to say. There are no secrets here. And, and if there's more BS and excuses, I don't really want to hear it. And that's just me. I don't have to watch it. Everybody else can watch it and enjoy. Um, but, you know, Andy, I don't know if he's thinking like this is going to be his Frost Nixon or something, but I don't think <laughs> that there's any chance of him 
asking really truly hard, difficult questions that will make her introspective suddenly. Yeah, I would really would love if this was going to happen, that it was done by some sort of investigative journalist. Yeah. Um, because you there would need to be more than a cursory understanding of what Google says. Uh, even <laughs> from my understanding of what's taken place, someone who's really who has a team of investigators who are doing the work to come up with this. And one of my first questions to to Jen would be if I was that person in that position would be, listen, you and your lawyer argued in court, in federal court, that everything shown on Housewives is fake. Yep. Do you believe that looking at me right now and what exactly Scripted. was manufactured? What <laughs> what was there not a single moment of truth that was captured on TV? Explain that to me. Me, Andy Cohen, the person yeah. that she probably still idolizes, I'm sure. Oh, absolutely. She's going to feel so. And that's part of it, too, why I get upset, because it's like, you know, Andy, we're part of this crazy, uh, dysfunctional family where we criticize Andy. We respect what he does, but we yeah. have our issues. You know sure. what I'm saying? He doesn't know that we exist, but he has a whole world of people out here who are invested in decisions that he makes regarding Bravo. And we share them freely because that's what we do. All right. He's he's going to be fine either way. He's going to make money either way. But for him to do this interview, to me, it seems cheap. It seems low. And it seems like nothing is off board if it's going to result in a few viewers. It cheapens the brand. Yeah. And I mean, you know, so what we're discussing essentially, guys, is news that Andy shared on Radio Andy um, with Friends of the Pod, the Smith Sisters, um, uh, earlier today and then on his show, which was his plans this weekend to fly to Salt Lake to interview Jen. And on his radio show, he went into more detail with some of the questions he wanted to ask her, which was, um, I think, talking a little bit about her statement to the court, um, her thoughts on, you know, going away, being in prison. Um, and, you know, nothing, he didn't mention anything related to her thoughts about the very nature of reality TV. I actually wonder if that's something that the network might avoid asking her, uh, which I don't think would be a great idea, but could be some kind of strategy coming their way. I just thought of something. Tell me. If this whole thing was acting, it's a very interesting question to ask her about what how she finds the strength and energy and dedication to remain in character, not only on the show, but on her Instagram lives that she would go on. She would mm -hmm. FaceTime people famously. She would FaceTime accounts and stream and whatever. And then she also on those hidden recordings of Koa, her dress designer and other people who recorded her screaming and in a rage, mm -hmm. even worse than the caricature we allegedly only saw on the show. So I just feel like that should have been challenged. It couldn't have been challenged in court because as, you know, someone sitting in the courtroom, the judge was saying it in his address. There was no way for the lawyer to cut in after what I'm sure was a very, very healthy amount of evidence they submitted of her behavior on reality TV. It's like when the judge is speaking at mm. that point in that kind of address, it's not, it's past the point of no return. He has 
resolved himself of his feelings toward what this is at this point it was just a matter of how long is she going to go away and what I think is kind of interesting here, you know, I um, wrote a piece for the Daily Beast about my experiences attending the Gentensing and about the um, Bravo community's reaction to this and a level of um, circumspection and uh, confusion and just kind of, ugh, that's the title of the piece was, ugh, um, <laughs> that so many people feel, at which I sub uh, requested thoughts over IG and got slammed with a ton of incredible responses. So I wrote this piece for the Daily Beast, which is out now, I'll link to it in the show notes for this episode. So good. And thank you. And, you know, it, it just kind of, um, it makes a person really kind of think here because to me, and in talking to the Bravo docket among content creators, yourself included, the Teresa and Jen situations are so, so different. They are, yeah. From a reputational perspective, Teresa was beloved by a large portion of the fan base. Teresa pled guilty in court and later discussed in more specific terms her feelings of being deceived and manipulated by her husband those aren't the words she said those are that's my color commentary there but really signing documents that she likely wasn't aware were toward you know fraud and with Teresa it doesn't mean she's not going to go away it doesn't mean she's not going to be held accountable for that which mm. she should she took accountability but Teresa was going to church after she pled guilty before she reported mm -hmm. Teresa was like with her kids hanging low she did whatever possible to uh, to essentially pay the money that she owed as quickly as possible so she could kind of wipe her hands and walk away from this and we're not seeing that from Jen there's like a basic no. decency chip that is missing from Jen Shaw so when we talk about the idea of like what you know what does it mean that the network refuses to even say we're firing we're letting her go as a result of this regardless of whether or not you want to do a one-off special i'll even give that to them and say i got it but the way that they refuse to comment in any way on the fact that their cast member was engaging mm -hmm. in fraud as the head of this like fraud criminal you know, mm -hmm. ring that she was at the very top of this, including while she was an employee of production or whomever actually hires her and gives her a check. I mean, that is that's a difficult kind of pill to swallow. To me, it is a very, very different experience from the Teresa who I really do believe, regardless of how you feel about her and Melissa and whatever the fuck, when it came to like the legal stuff, she fought as hard as she could. But then I feel like she really did take responsibility. And I think Jen's responsibility taking lasted about 90 minutes Friday morning. Yeah. And the difference, too, is like Teresa was part of a very like traditional old school yes. Italian relationship. Her husband called the shots. Her husband, mm -hmm. blah, blah, blah. a lot of people out there might be like, well, that's just, you know, Erica Jane signed up for the same thing. Teresa wasn't on TV being like, I could be a lawyer. I'm so smart. So that's that's where the gap is for me. Right. There. She was but, talking about her bubbies. She was yes. talking about the kids, getting the kids to dance class. Yes. 
She was proud that she didn't have cleaners. I remember her saying that. And I was like, right. dang, that's a big house to clean. And didn't yeah. have a nanny. Right. Mm-hmm. She was she was truly a homemaker. Yes. She was and then was in this position where she was bringing in an income. But she was never in the primary role, let alone some fucking ma- criminal mastermind. You yeah. can say a lot about Teresa Giudice. You cannot say that she put the kind of thought yeah. and work ethic she, into no. this the way Jen Shaw did. It's wasn't incredibly like a different. Diabolical scammer at all. Right. Teresa's no. just trying to trying to be happy and signing in, a document. With daughters. Yes. Signing a document. Her husband told her yeah. to sign. Because I bet he told her a lot of shit to do. I bet, I bet he told her a lot of shit to do. As some of it yeah. we saw. So Yeah, including to go fuck herself. Mm-hmm. He also made sure to remind her of that. Yeah, yeah. 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 Ciao, AGs. I am speaking to you right now from Rome, Italy, where I am having a little bit of a European adventure. While I love the city and have had so many unique experiences to historical sites, the Vatican, we went to the Pantheon earlier today, there was a little bit of a hiccup in the apartment that we're staying in. And while I really enjoyed getting to know Fabrizio, the owner of the flat, there was a little bit of a language barrier because I unfortunately do not speak any Italian, even though I have watched The Sopranos all the way through at least three times. And this is where Rosetta Stone comes in. What would have helped me enormously in traveling abroad would have been brushing up, also known as entirely learning, the language of Italian. It could have broken down barriers and conversation with Fabrizio. And I also think speaking the language of the place that you're in is a sign of respect to the locals. It's also the ability to fully immerse yourself in the experience. And me not knowing any Italian, apologies to my grandpa Reno, who did make pizza from scratch, it would have been an incredible and even more incredible, memorable experience. Rosetta Stone is the trusted expert for 30 years with millions of users and 25 languages offered, including Spanish, French, Italian, that's right, German, Chinese, and even more. Rosetta Stone immerses you in so many ways. There are no English translations, so you can really learn, listen, and think in that language you want to learn. It's designed for long-term retention, which is especially helpful for me because while this is my first trip to Italy, I really truly hope it won't be my last. The lifetime membership that Rosetta Stone offers has all 25 languages for any and all trips and language needs in life. That's lifetime access to all 25 language courses that Rosetta Stone offers for 50% off. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, AGs can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com today today. Ciao. Hey, AGs. Are you ready to add a touch of luxury to your home just like the Real Housewives? BCC Villa Rosa. Obvs. Introducing Home Threads where style meets comfort for the ultimate glam experience. Picture this. Chic furniture, one could even say chic c'est la vie, that mirrors the elegance of your favorite housewives' mansions. With exclusive designer collections and a curated selection, HomeThreads.com has everything you need to make your space as fabulous as the housewives themselves and always at the best value. 
unlike Joe Gorka's initial attempts at Windows, perhaps. Now, I have to tell you, I know that Padma is no longer on Top Chef, and may her memory be a blessing, but nothing has made me feel better prepared to host future seasons and potentially even iterations of Top Chef Upper East Side Edition than the Henkel's clad 10-piece stainless steel cookware set in silver that I got along with a two-piece stainless steel ceramic non-stick fry set from Zwilling thanks to Home Threads. It makes me feel like I am finally ready to be a Top Chef one egg over easy at a time. They're gorgeous. They look great in the apartment. For someone like me who lives in New York City which with a very small space, what I have in my kitchen is important because guests who come to visit me see it. And I'm so, so thankful to have discovered Home Threads because now I feel fully prepared to make eggs a la Francais. Head over to HomeThreads.com today and live your best Real Housewives life. Go to HomeThreads.com slash AndyScrolls and get a code for 15% off your first order. Again, that's HomeThreads.com slash AndyScrolls for a 15% off code off your first order. HomeThreads, love where you live. So that's the difference for me too. That's they just couldn't be more different the situations. Um, and so for her only, you know, and again, I don't know that prison is the right answer ever. I don't know if how much rehabilitation goes on versus just, you know, some sort of terrible punishment that doesn't does it really punish? But will it really help her? Will she be a better person afterwards? What could Who are we talking help? about? Jen Shaw. Oh, okay. Yeah, just like I don't know if prison should she fucking go she's a criminal that's what prisons were made for it should be renamed the jen shaw chalet is this like fucking prison in wherever the fuck she ends up going the prison was literally made for people like jen i think i know jen is able to rehabilitate after this that is to me genuinely laughable no it is that's what i'm saying i need a that's what i'm saying it really is just sort of like putting a pause on it it's like that, you know, the big YouTube dive I did, this guy, George Hatcher, who was working for Girardi, and he's scamming since like the 1960s. And now he's being accused of scamming again. And I'm like, it's in you, right? If you have that thrill and you think you're smarter and you kind of want to, I don't know, pull one over on the system, like it, it might be like a, a kind of an adrenaline rush. So for Jen, that could have been part of it too. Like, look at me, haha, people I work with got caught. But I'm smarter than they are. I'm going to move my stuff to Kosovo and they're not going to catch me. Jen thinks she's literally in Catch Me If You Can, but with like much worse wardrobe. Jen thinks that she is that person who's always going to get away with it. And then at the end, she's going to play the part of coming to the realization and repent. And it's like, at at what point? I don't know. I guess this is the very nature of um, holding someone accountable for their actions is that at the end of the day, it is entirely up to them what accountability means. It will be up to the court if she done fucks up again and they catch it. But with Jen, it's like in conversation with her, if you're talking to a habitual liar who has lied to everyone for years and probably is still doing so now, understanding that she may genuinely also feel guilt. I There were moments where I, I did not disbelieve her when she is five feet away from me crying. And, and when I walked out with her out of court, when I saw her, when, when coach was, you know, holding her at the bottom of on the first floor after court, 
Like, I, I don't disbelieve that she feels terrible about this. I just don't think that's enough. And I wonder if for her, she feels terrible for different reasons than we would. Like what? Tell me everything. She's going to go to jail. Prison, rather. You know, she's caused her family pain and suffering. Those are reasons to cry that are not reasons that we would hope she'd be thinking of as well, which is an old, you know, woman answered the phone one night thinking she was going to have an opportunity to have a little extra income. And instead, I emptied her bank account. And she passed away. And that's how she, like, she couldn't afford things. Like, it just doesn't, I don't know. I just don't think that those things are going through her mind. I think it's more about her losses. I mean, the the prosecutor, the government rather, talked about, the AUSA talked about, um, you know, text messages and said in the hundreds and hundreds of exhibits that they had ready for trial, in the hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of text messages, the team, the government could not find a single one where she mm-hmm. expressed remorse. Not a that. single one. They saw texts where she was cruel. They saw texts, as a lot of accounts have been covering, where she was laughing and making mm-hmm. fun of elderly women crying over yeah. being defrauded. They could not find a single one where this woman, who's so esteemed for being an elder in her community, is the matriarch. Who is the matriarch? I just really have to wonder a matriarch of what? If you are, I believe that she is a matriarch. I just think it's less so her family, the Shahs, and more this group of individuals who are criminals. I think she applied. Oh, like a biker mom, like a grifter mom. Well, I think she applied a lot of the lessons of leadership and esteem that she was telling the court were important to her community, yeah. but she wasn't necessarily applying it to her community. She was applying it to a group of people yeah. who she was working with to defraud the elderly. I do think she was a person of esteem. I do think she proved herself to be a lawyer. I do think she proved herself to be caring. It was just of things outside of the gen that was presented in court. And I don't know that we're ever... Mm going to get there in this conversation because with Andy it's so tough because he you know if you listen to the actual episode of of Radio Andy um John Arthur Hill who I love who's so smart adore. and so funny adore was re- adore was really pushing back at him and was like we don't need to hire criminals anymore like Andy was kind of guffawing <laughs> at that I don't know I how mean, he God does bless. it but he said it. I mean, I don't know how many people are having those kinds of conversations with Andy, let alone Nobody. to his face, let alone on live radio. And I really appreciate John Hill for being honest and for and for really capturing so much of the feeling that a lot of us have, which is like, regardless of you filming this special, what does it what does it mean that you won't cut the cord? Like, to me, genuinely, aside from filming the special, what does it mean that you guys aren't going to say this is wrong? Like, what more does a person have to do to be a comic book level villain because we got to the end of the book? We found out the spoiler alert that it's like she really was this bad. She wasn't. She had all of the time in the world on Bravo to say she was a victim of a federal conspiracy. And Bravo in real time is just going to pretend that we know that like it's okay because we know now because she said she was guilty in court and that's going to be enough. And I just wonder, is it? 
So it's interesting to think about the way, just as an example, because we have many yes. we could choose from. Let's just talk about the way Monique was treated. On Potomac. Yeah. She had a tussle with Candace, which mm-hmm. however you feel about that, it happened. And Monique mm-hmm. was the one, you know, found liable for, for taking it too far, right? Liable, not in a legal kind of sense, yes. because they both filed against each other That's true. with the police. And bo- I think in both cases were dismissed. So it wasn't from a legal perspective. It was from like a who's responsible for yes. putting hands on whom. In, the, ultimately, cast, ultimately. in the cast's eyes. Yes. I mean. And so she was shunned and Bravo, you know, had their statement. And Andy at the beginning of the reunion said, Bravo does not condone violence. And there were strict words about it. And da da da. Okay. But then we have Jen Shaw, and we don't have any special messaging about it. And we're talking about two women, two adults having a tussle pretty equally matched or versus Jen Shaw times thousands of elderly people that we know of. One gets a message and a terse word, tersely worded statement. The other one does not. But yet the damage, the damage is devastating, absolutely devastating, world ending for a lot of people. It just doesn't make any sense to me. Is it because it wasn't taped? I don't know. It kind of was. We saw her place of business. We saw it. We met Stu. We were part of that. We were told lies. It does make you wonder if how they would have been influenced or swayed had there been any kind of recording in that courtroom. Because I have to tell you, it was very serious. And I have to say, the judge's demeanor was very, it felt very fair and communicative the way he was speaking, but he wasn't in his words holding, you know, saying Jen's going to get a pass. He did at one point say like people are complicated and I was like, LOL. Um, But he was holding her, you know, like really, really, really coming back at her lawyer and saying the way you are portraying this person has literally nothing to do with the person seen in exhibits. He not in those words, but in saying like, you know, the fact that she didn't speak to any victims directly means so much worse for her than what you were trying to say. Uh, The fact that you're mentioning her manager in court as an example of how she's going to come up with some of the restitution to me says she's going to monetize her crimes. And for anybody um, curious, she did say in court that any of the funds from upcoming episodes would go directly toward paying the six million dollars plus of restitution that she owes which is different from the forfeiture of over six million dollars of goods so we're talking about like 12 million dollars that that she owes some of which coach will owe as well which Mm -hmm. i got into on the most recent ag with emily d baker um so you know when it comes to like monetizing crime i don't know what the line is because that money will go to restitution if we are to believe Jen Shaw. I was going to say, how can we know if uh, that's just one of those things that she just says she can say that easy to say it. And she said a lot of things that are not true. So, yeah, I don't I I don't know. I just um, it leaves a person feeling a little gross. And yet, yeah, I, I don't begrudge people who want to see her 
in this upcoming special. I mean, I post an IG, a poll after Andy announced today his hope to film before cameras this weekend in Salt Lake. I don't know what would happen that would enable that not to take place. I am relatively certain that it will. I am sure Jen is relatively certain that it will as well. Um, and I just kind of think like it's it's pretty split from looking at the results. I think there are more we don't want to than we do, but it was close and it's still ongoing. And I get both sides. I really do. I get people who say, listen, we had years of her saying she was innocent. This was a conspiracy. We now know in from the court that that was a lie from her admitting in court that that was a lie. Let's we we want to see her uncomfortable. We want to see her in that chair. Andy, I know it's a very different circumstance. He did a very, very good dra- good job of dragging Brooks Ayers on that Watch What Happens Live. Mm. I know it's a very different circumstance. That was a long time person, ago, but I remember but that. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. It was super awkward was good. in all the ways that count. It, it was it was good. Andy does know in many ways what he's doing. It's just the level of exasperation he feels about some elements of this like gives me a little pause, but there could be an opportunity to maybe show that the gen that we've been witnessing for years is is a lie. It doesn't the gen that we have been seeing for years and professing her innocence rather is a okay, lie. I think okay. Jen in her entirety is probably a lie, you know? I think that there are many gens, and I don't know that the overwhelming majority of them are people who are, you know, doing good, regardless of how much her defense team talked about her charity work. Yeah, I mean, you know, even pre-Housewives, to be the director of business development, you've got to have a great personality. Your entire job is to go out and and find new business. So I'm sure she's always been this way, um, a little likable, loud, funny, all those things that made her seem like she was going to be an amazing housewife. But then, you know, you put on top of it the greed and the complete, it seems like uh, an inability to understand the impact of actions on others. So that's where it gets toxic. Yeah. And there was a point where Andy said on the radio, it was something I'm not, this isn't a direct quote, but it was something along the lines of like, we're going to miss her or something, or Salt Lake is going to miss her. Uh, like, yes. But yeah. I just thought was like, this is not the thing. We don't miss her because this season was great, sir. Like, no. he also said one of the questions he wanted to ask her was what happened to Heather's eye? How badly did they fuck this season up yeah. that we don't even know what the fuck after the reunion happened to her eye? Mm-hmm. But we're going to have a sit down with Jen. We need to have a sit down with that eye patch. Yeah, We need to have a one to one on one with the bruise emanating from Heather's left or right eye. I don't remember. I blocked it out or maybe her third. I, I couldn't tell you and yeah. have a real conversation. Or get get the like famous Bravo lie detector guy who's on every show and hook Heather up. Yes. And get some answers and let's be done with it. Yeah, the one that LVP entrusts. Yes. He's he's been on so many Bravo shows. Yeah. Get Lucy Lucy up in there. And if she barks, then we know. Bark once, Lucy Lucy, if you think this question is full of shit mm. and, you know, pee in a corner if you think she's keeping it real. You know, like what the fuck? The dog would be disappeared. 
PK would Cast make that the dog, dog on Salt Lake. We've got, you know, there's room for a new bitch in town. Like, yeah. get Lucy Lucy up in there to show these show these kids who's boss. That fucking dog. I heard the rumor that they're going to just put a pause on it now. Like, an, an, uh, you know, indefinite pause. Literally, how could they not? How could they not? I mean, that was something uh, that Andrew was also talking about in relation to Rena, which mm-hmm. he now is using the term some of us wanted him to avoid, which was a pause sure she's going on pause and he he talked about i know he talked about the fact that Tamara is now appreciative for her time on pause because she got some time to experience life and he noted that like back in the day franchises used to have breaks in filming and he's like they we would go away and say we'll be back in five months and i think maybe that's a part of the issue here with a lot of franchises maybe like we need to give them a couple months off i thought they had a couple months off I thought they all had like half the year off or more. I don't know that that's the case. I like really don't know. The way he was describing it was like back in the olden times, Mm. we used to tell Orange County to take five months off and somebody would get a haircut and then we would show up again. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know the timing schedule. I like truly don't pay attention to any of that. But I think that that could help us. Yeah, I would be fine with that. They're they're kind of throwing too much around, you know. Like it, I'm, I'm. A little, I know that they've always been that way, and they've always like thrown a ton of shows at us. But when it comes to Real Housewives, like my brain can't handle like three and four per week. It's kind of a lot. No, three. Honestly, three is too much for me. Four mm-hmm. is literal hell as content creator. Plus, then you start getting like the ultimate girls, like the stuff coming off of Peacock, plus what's coming on Bravo, and I'm just like, I gotta make some choices here. I'm not gonna be able to keep up with every single one of these. Although it will be interesting since they confirmed the cast for Real Housewives Ultimate Girls Trip today for season mm-hmm, four. I saw that. Talk about people who've had a little bit of a break. Mm-hmm. Because it's an ex-wives club theme, obviously there are some ex-wives club um, in attendance, meaning the entirety of the cast. Um, but it is interesting noting how many of them have been off TV for a while. Yeah. Who previously were on a very, very different kind of Housewives universe. And to see like old gen with new gen, not Jen Shaw, but generation. Mm-hmm. That is going to be fascinating. It's Vicky, Gretchen, excuse me, Brandy Glanville, Camille, Phaedra, Eva, Alex McCord, and my future mother-in-law, Caroline Manzo. I was very excited to see that. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I like Caroline on TV. I want to see mm. how she does with these with these women. I would say for some of them, they're getting on because they're kooky. And for some of them, it's a backdoor audition. And if I was Caroline Manzo right now, I would be saying, I think this is audition time. Not that she needs to audition, but just to get a sense of like who Caroline is, what she's what she up to, how is she going to react to circumstances? I could 100 percent see her back on NJ. Yeah, I could, too. I I don't know if Teresa would ever like allow that to happen. Yeah, I don't know that Teresa's in a position where she has a lot of say in casting if she doesn't want to film with her sister-in-law. I think you get to choose one. Yeah, true. That would be very interesting. I mean, like, I would love to see Caroline's reaction to all that, because I don't think that Caroline and Melissa stay in touch, maybe? No, but they were friendly, though. Remember back in yeah. the day? Like, they, every all the friends liked Joe and Melissa. It was just mm-hmm. that Teresa didn't want them around. Well, I have to ask you about Rena. What's your reaction to her announced uh, mutual departure, which we know was um, not exactly that? Yeah, no, we know that. Um, well, I, you know, some people online were saying, like, 
oh, Rena was smart to announce that she wasn't coming back during Jen Shaw's sentencing because then nobody's focused on it. Which to me, I just thought it was funny that she, that it came out around that time because just nobody, it, it totally got overshadowed by Jen Shaw, which I thought was hilarious. Because um, I know for Rena, it's a really big deal and everybody's just put on pause these days, so it's no problem. And she gets to say that it was her idea because she said, put me on pause. Um, I'm very, very, very excited for next season because <laughs> the two of them together was ridiculous, sucked all yeah. the fun out of the room. Rena and, and Yes, because there's no way that this kind of gangster mentality, and I mean that, and I'm not even just saying that, like they would put up pictures of gangsters, you know, on their Instagram stories. That's how they saw each other. So breaking them up, amazing. Yeah, we got a real like Gangs of New York vibe going, mm -hmm. I guess, in BH. And oh, God. I don't know. I've never actually seen the movie because it looked bad. But um, I, you know, I, I am super curious about what this will bring. And there there were a bunch of content creators who were posting saying, um, you're, you asked for it, but you're going to regret it, just like Tamra. Fine. I regret a lot of shit all the time. I'll take this one. Damn it. <laughs> Add it to the list. Great. We should be so lucky to regret it. In the meantime, she's not there. Yeah, that's fine. I'll take that one day of regret. <laughs> You're a joy in between. Also, God. you would think that regret would be like, oh, man, made a bad decision. Guess we can never have her back again. Obviously, well, she's, she's not going to be standing back. right like she's breathing. Right? She's breathing right there. The second you think that it's fine. It's not like a haircut. You can literally grow this right back if you want it. Lisa Renna and Kim Richards are going to Uber pool to the white party to every major event just to get in. Just to do a little wave. Look at us. We're at a party. Maybe Camille mm -hmm. will be in the back seat. Adrian might be the driver. Yeah. And they are just going to have like this fun little, you know, Lisa will give good background. Mm -hmm. Like what? she's an actor. Background acting is a form of performance. Absolutely. I think she would be quite skilled at it. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. But um, no, I'm, I'm super thrilled. And so now it's just Dorit, Kyle, and Erica holding down the fort. And... Crystal, maybe, but I don't know that she's back. Oh, I meant for the Fox Force 5. Oh, um, sorry. Oh, yeah, I thought we were going through the cast. I was like, I feel like there's a couple more than that. Well, um, I, I'm curious about Garcelle. something. Yeah. Yeah, tell me. I saw a little post. I don't know if it's real or not, where somebody said Brandy's for sure back. Is Brandy for sure back? For I don't think so. I didn't think so either. Okay, you never know what's real on the internet. I mean, in you Bravo, never know what's real on Bravo world. TV. In Bravo That's world. It. I'm like, let me double check this. How could we know? It's like this is the we're just going through the fucking rumor mill today on this episode, which yeah. I actually think is really important. And guys, we will get into Potomac um, on the next app. I do want to get your thoughts. Did you have a chance to watch uh, this week's Potomac? The first half. Yeah. What do you think about all things Mia and Jacqueline? That was to me like the biggest part of the goddamn episode. To me, it is very odd that she brought a friend. And then disemboweled that friend in front of everyone mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that's weird to me it just aired all kind of, and me is such an oversharer like i can't even wrap my mind around the level of details and things she shares with the group at large just 
secret stuff about herself, relationships, her friendships, the things they fight about. It's a lot. I think it's because she's trying to, like, prove her worth to the group or her role. Like, if I tell you all of this, then you will be convinced that I should be here, maybe. I, I, I don't know. know. Heads or tails around it. I, I don't, don't know. know. It's just weird to me. Like, if we were, you know, hanging out with a group of people and somebody was like, yeah, no, she and I looked at each other's vaginas once. It's like, I've got... Oh, what? yeah, that was too much. <sighs> Yeah, it's there are elements of this that do give me a little ex- Alexis Bellino, Peggy Tanus mm. in terms of like, I got my friend to the show and now I need her to leave immediately. Yeah. Where like there is seemingly a lot of discomfort around either attention or affection Jacqueline will be getting mm. or maybe the realization that this is not what Mia thought it was going to be like to have a friend. And that's assuming Mia was the one who suggested her. It might have been production being like, we'd love to, you know, find a friend of that you have a relationship with or something. Like she might not have necessarily started the conversation or maybe she did, but it's like the disconnect between, I don't know, the reveal that Mia's nanny is Jacqueline's sister. Mm Mm-hmm makes me feel super weird about all of this like Mia's upset that her nanny who is Jacqueline's sister is asking about Jacqueline's kids like I don't see that as a big deal I don't see that as a big deal either I didn't understand it and I was like they got something going on but I think Mia might just like to pick fights with people just saying I think you know it just seems like she's got that kind of vibe like it's almost in her own way like a sprinkle cookies vibe like, it's not really about what it's about, because the thing you're yelling about is not a big deal. So something else is going on, and we're just trying to figure it out. Yeah, that was something that Ashley and Andy were talking about when Ashley was on Watch What Happens Live, which is like, what the fuck is this argument even about? Like, people don't get it. I don't know that Mia gets it. She yeah. just knows that she's really upset. Yeah, she just could be irritated and not even understand why she's irritated with this friend and pick something. Yeah. Also, why don't we have secret footage of them screaming at each other in um in the in the on the airplane? Why is that lost footage? What, how did that happen? Especially it was now, such a big to do. Yeah, in an airplane too. People pull out their phones because you never know if somebody's about to lose it on an airplane. Yes, there would be footage. How is there no footage of these TV stars screaming at each other on a fucking BS. airplane? See, I think something happened. I just think that they didn't want it. I don't think that, like, you know, Robin's impulses to be a documentarian really came to pass with this because, you know, Wendy wasn't involved. Oh, I was going to say, because, like, even Robin, yeah, she was pulling a little paparazzi move just having fun recording them. So why would nobody record this or a stranger and it be all leaked on the Internet? I wonder if it was recorded by someone in the cast and production just didn't want to include it. Is that possible? I feel like Potomac airs it all out. That's what makes them great. Yeah, it does. It is all so fucking confusing. I don't know. So what's um scratching your back these days? What are you into? What's uh what you got that you're watching that you're into following that's like really giving you what you need? Do you want to just know Bravo or do you want me to cheat on Bravo Tell a little bit? Everything. Okay. Tell right. me everything. Too little cheat. Um I, I saw that you liked the movie The Menu and I was glad you did because I thought it was great. Um, I started watching it for the third time last night. You guys, it is on HBO Max. It is about a um, 
fantastic tasting menu that goes really well. Um, <laughs> and, uh, you know, I'm a little bit of a scaredy cat. And I got to tell you, it's like at the level, I would say, of get out of like, yeah, scare it's stuff. a thriller more than it's not gory. It's yeah, not. It's not. Jump yeah, scary. People were asking me and I was like, I can't. I got so many messages after I posted of it, which is of people like, will I like it? I'm like, I, I don't know you. Like, I, I don't know how to answer that. And, and I am a scaredy cat. So like, I feel bad if my scaredy catness is different from your scaredy catness. But I would say it's fucking fantastic mm -hmm. regardless. Yeah, it's very good. I really, really enjoyed it. So. You know, just checking out movies. I'm watching. Do you watch Yellowstone? Oh my God! You know what? I saw the first episode of the season, and I haven't had a chance. And I love Yellowstone. Okay. I just haven't had a chance. So I'm obsessed with the prequels to it. And now there's oh. the prequel. Well, I'm so I'm watching it all. So Yellowstone plus the prequels. And um, so I was very into that. Helen Mirren is in this one. Like they cast it really well. Harrison Ford. And you know what's so interesting? There was some fucking piece that came up that I didn't get a chance to read about how the, um, I guess, former cowboy creator of the Yellowstone universe is now worth a billion dollars. Taylor Sheridan. A billion. Taylor Sheridan. Mm -hmm. And he is actually my favorite guest actor. When he comes on and is that like no nonsense, like kind of like whatever he is, yeah. cowboy performer person, I fucking love him. I think he's so charismatic. Mm -hmm. No, he's great. And he's got a good thing going. And I, I love yeah, he that does. he jumped into he's the smart. prequels. It's really interesting. I love that. Yeah. Anything anything else floating your boat? Mm -hmm. You got any Bravo in there? Yeah. Oh, there's Bravo in there always. It's just, you know, the Shaw stuff, that sucked the life out of me. And I didn't even go. You went. And so, like, yeah. I couldn't, you know, muster up the strength to then watch a show because my brain was all in that. Yeah, to be honest, I did the AG Live the night before, which was so fucking fun. And guys, video on demand tickets are available. We did a healthy discussion at the top with Emily D. Baker, who was then on the most recent Andy's Girls, including a lot of stuff about stew chains and why, wink, wink, his sentencing hasn't been set, which I thought was fascinating information. Um, and Emily was spot on about sentencing and everything else. So people can watch that. It's exclusive to Moment. It won't be rebroadcast on AG. So I um, had AG live that night and I was saying to the people, I was like, I don't know what I'm going to fucking get out of bed for the Jen thing. But I think honestly, the, the, you know, support of me attending got me to rise. So then it was like, go to the sentencing. Sentencing was much fucking longer than I thought it was going to be. Leave the sentencing in a daze with Jen's family, go home, record AG minutes upon arrival do that and then write the piece for the Daily Beast. So I'm literally, mm -hmm. this is a healing, this is a healing journey yeah. to quote um, our favorite Wild Rose. It's a healing weekend because I fully have not left my apartment. I am in a robe right now. I have not left my apartment since I want to say Friday night. Today was the first day I was able to sleep more than six hours mm -hmm. and it was a fucking dream. Yeah. No, I mean, it's, it's been a very busy time and there's Girardi stuff happening. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm sure you're not keeping up with that too on top of it, but. No, what's the Girardi shit? So I was just talking about it with face reality. Cause we always talk about mm. Girardi stuff together. Um, but it is the lawyer, Jay Edelson, Edelson firm out of oh, Chicago. Yeah. Reading mm -hmm. today about how there are some sealed files. Anyway, the, the point is that he's saying that he thinks that David Lira and others within the next month will be served with uh, indictments for criminal Who are charges. Those people? 
So those, so David Lira is Tom Girardi's son-in-law. He married <gasps> Tom Girardi's daughter and he was his right-hand man. So in every photo of the firm for the past like 10 years, David Lira is standing next to Tom Girardi. And he was an, intimately involved in like the Rua Gomez case where they were waiting on their $11 million for years and years. And what I'm saying is he knows it all, or he should, he likely does. Mm. Um, and then four other partners, I think, too, will be indicted. If I had to mm. guess, I feel like I know who they are, but it'll be very interesting to see if that's true. How do you separate from this? Because your content creation is so fantastic on your IG handle, Bravo, Bravo, Ducking Bravo. You do so much deep dives. Obviously, the last year in or last couple years in all things Bravo, it's been pretty dark. The Tom Girardi stuff alone, it is kind of like a painstaking process of going through the weeds I assume it is and it's not a fun ride obviously to you know try to translate this really dark upsetting stuff for your community and the greater Bravo community how do you disassociate from it while being also a Bravo fan uh it's tough it definitely jaded uh me and it tainted the way I watched Beverly Hills for the past two years of it. And just like with Jen Shaw, I was a big Erica Jane fan. I thought she was oh, interesting and fun and, yeah. you know, devil make hair attitude. I just didn't expect it to carry over into <laughs> income stream. So um, when she started getting mean with fans is really when I started realizing like, Something's not right here. And of course, we didn't know at the time that she was getting really mean with fans that she was dealing with, you know, likely right. finding out details about how screwed they were as a result of the scam. But it it definitely warps my view. Like even with Jen Shaw, I got pissed today when I saw that Andy was going to do a sit down with her because he said it, you know, flippantly at BravoCon. But you think, OK, well, he maybe didn't read all of it or, you know, he, mm -hmm. they could always back out of that. He said, I'd like to. He didn't say it's happening. And they've already cut ties, so I, I doubt it. But then to go through the trial to see the December 23rd submission with the testimony from victims, um, rewatch the video that a lot of people posted this week from the Hulu special about it, which I may rewatch tomorrow. It's hard to then hear Andy say, yeah, you know, she pled guilty and da 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 da, -da. I'm going to go fly out there, I hope, this week and sit down with her. I don't know. It just seems as if it's giving her more attention than she deserves. Yeah, like what kind of attention does she deserve? Well, she thrives on people wanting to see her, hear about her, talk about her, whatever. So to me, the attention she deserves is none. <laughs> She's already said every excuse in the book some in the courtroom, some off. We had a whole season of her proclaiming her innocence. So I feel like that's it. Like if they're, if it's done and it was such an awkward, weird thing at BravoCon, then why go do a one-on-one -on -one special? Devil's advocate for people who feel like she should be in hot water. This is the thing I want to see after the amount of time that she spent on Housewives lying 
I mean, do we really think that there would have been an option for Andy to like do a little bit of a round table with lawyers and I don't think he'd know, ever get that serious. He's, or, no, right. he's never going to get that serious with it. It's not going to it's never going to be Oprah level. You're yeah, that would be Oprah level of like, hey, let's try to reach this person on a, you know, empathetic level. Let's try to really have a moment where we feel like maybe a glean of good came from this situation. It's like a you know learning moment, whatever. That is not Bravo. It'll just be, you know, more tears and excuses and a few tough questions that aren't really that tough and won't burn the bridge with her in case in 2030 we want to do an ultimate, you know, grifter's trip. You know, we'll leave that door open. So I just don't feel like I'm, I need to see it. But, um, you know, bye, Condios to anybody who's excited about it. Well, you know, as Judge Stein said at one point in court, Shaw Mazing is over. It's done. She's here. And it's like, maybe not quite done yet, Judge. No. Maybe not quite. No, as long as there's eyeballs, people willing to watch it. And it's hard to not watch if she's included in an ensemble, but it's easy to not watch if it's a one-on-one special. Yeah, I wonder if she's going to sell, what kind of merch she's going to sell next. He was asking about Free Jen and all that other fucking shit that she was doing with whomever. Um, I just kind of wonder what's next here. You know, and that was ugly too. Like that's the shitty part about it is that um, something happens in the Bravo sphere, something that's obviously a really big deal. You know, Southern District of New York, that's not a joke. And so it was already insulting for Bravo to be like, well, hold on, let's see how it plays out. And it's like, uh, let me explain to you how it's going to play out. They've been investigating this for nine years. So that was already bad, but then I don't know. To keep it going is just I, I can't I can't fathom it. I, I get it that it's for money and it's for ratings and they want to catch the scoop or whatever, but there would be no way that this would literally ever happen and I think that would be smart. But I um I just wish I could have like a little a little sit down with the judge who in so many ways has seemed genuinely um I don't know. There's just like there are so many shitty judges out there and he just is not that guy. He gives off real like as a as a fellow Hebrew. I'm like, oh, I see him at temple like he's a guy I'd run into at Shabbat like he's there's just something about him that I feel like is comforting. And there are ways that he was dragging her in court, but he was doing so in such a like fair, respectful way to the court, because this is a kind of guy who ultimately obviously has so much respect for the court. Mm -hmm. And I just like I don't the thing that I don't get, which was made so clear by the judge, which was um, countered so passionately by the government, was like the fact that her sentencing was to many of us so low because she hadn't had a criminal offense prior. And with me not knowing the law, just fucking just talking about it, it just makes me so confused because like if a person without a criminal record engages in a decade long crime, isn't that enough? Like it just like it's something that the government kept talking about, which is like the fact that the sentencing guidelines for someone who was much, much, much lower on the rung here of power and of criminal acts could get potentially a a higher sentence because they had a criminal record. It's like, well, Jen has one now. Like, why isn't why isn't that enough? That to me doesn't prove anything because she could have just been smart enough to get away with things for a lot longer than somebody who got yeah. caught. So it could be luck. It could be, you know, Jen, I think, understands her powers that she has. 
right? So she's a woman of a small frame. She knows that she doesn't look like a cyber criminal. She doesn't look like a telemarketing mastermind. She looks like, you know, a woman who, uh, you know, back in the day, pre, pre Salt Lake City, a woman who just like works at the office next door, right? So I think she realizes that. And I think that's why she cries so easily. And she pulls out the stops that she pulls out over and over and plays the same you know, games, um, and that's not really me, and I'm having a hard time right now, and whatever it might be. So when things come out, like that temporary restraining order, which we got to read, did you get to read it? I did. I'm confused, though, where the court landed on it, because there was, you know, I, I don't know, I'm not quite sure what what ended up happening with that. It fit, like what we saw on the show, it seemed like that's a total Genshaw thing to do. You know, and she'd brag about it and she'd be like, I showed up at her house and whatever. So things like that come through and you feel like you kind of get a picture of someone and might just be this way. Might have just been this way her whole life and maybe Bravo exacerbated it. Like anything, right? They tell you, you know, if you're an asshole before you get money, you're just going to be a bigger asshole after that kind of a thing. Bravo just shines a light on someone. Um, But, you know, the fact that she blamed Bravo, too, was a cop out. Yeah, I just really hope that someone fucking tells Andy that that happened. It was such a big, big part of her defense. I'm sure she will figure out a way to walk it back or dodge the question. And it just, you know, reminds a person that you can be repentant and manipulative at the same time. As the judge said, people are complicated. We should not expect less from Jen. And um, I think that's the, you know, the real quandary maybe that the network one would expect would be facing but also maybe not Mm -hmm. like maybe they're just going to put the pressure on this as they do in so many other uncomfortable situations on the audience knowing better and knowing what was the difference between right and wrong which is the thing that they rely on to avoid any kind of responsibility for the people they showcase on our screens it's just you know, you can make another choice even regardless of whether or not you shoot with her. It's just they're going another way. So I guess we're on the Captain Obvious tour with Bravo Comms right now. Um, and, you know, that's where we'll leave it. I really am so appreciative for you coming on. I really do think, I can't stop saying it because I think it's funny, a healing journey was had. And I, I think that's something that hopefully I selfishly kind of needed. Yeah. This has been just an overwhelming weekend but also I think a frustrating one for so many Mm -hmm. people which is why I'm so thankful for you coming on because you have a way of just communicating things that I think is incredibly impactful and I love that gummy energy very high very high right now but I feel I feel as Whitney would say I feel healed I feel a little bit You held. do feel held. Yeah. I, you do feel held. Mm-hmm. I'm into that. I'm into that. <laughs> Listen, bravo, bravo, duck, and bravo. Tell the folks what you got working on, what you've been posting most recently, and how they can follow you on social. So I put a big dive about Girardi on my YouTube channel, which is my handle. Mm. Bravo, bravo, duck, <gasps> yes, and bravo. Yes, YouTube. Okay, wait. What's your YouTube handle? Say it again. Bravo, bravo, duck, and bravo. Perfect. And I've got part two coming up. I'm going to put out that's about the financers of his entire scheme. And then part three is about sort of his like political connections, higher ups that he contributed to because it just go it's wild. So it's all these different parts of of the grift that I just there's no way to just do it in one part. Mm. So put that out there. And then I've got to do like a separate one about 
what I think Erica knew and didn't know and didn't care to know. Oh my God. And will that rely on some court document timeline yeah, kind of things? Absolutely. Yeah. And just, and just behavior sets too, you know, things we've observed on the show. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and again, every now and then you, you totally get it though. You're like, wouldn't it be nice if just this really wealthy, smart guy just took care of everything? Like, you know, I'm watching Pride mm-hmm. and Prejudice and it's like, they just, they, the man did everything. And I can see for some women who have a hard time, especially like Erica says she did, she grew up poor, but that's tempting to just mm-hmm. marry this guy who, who calls the shots. But then when you give up asking questions, that's where to me it turned into something else. If you're, if you're compliant and you see things happening that you know are wrong. Well, I mean, there was that interesting conversation on Beverly Hills, which unfortunately we've seen so many times before in different franchises, the idea of putting your trust and faith in someone and the cost of turning a blind eye, the cost of believing that when someone said they were going to, you know, support you, care for you, rich or poor, till death do us part, what means, what does it mean if they were maybe winking? You know, like, what does it mean if the person that you believed would care for you or take care of you, regardless of, you know, the, the Erica specifics of it all. What does it mean when, um, they are the ones you should have been trusting the least of anyone? Mm -hmm. I think that's a pretty scary circumstance that a lot of people find themselves in, regardless of the criminal aspect of it, the level of wealth involved, let alone level of crime and the fame. You know, I think it's, it is when your bubble is burst and the person bursting it is who you thought you would be inside of it with, you know, forever and ever. Amen. Yeah. Which also describes almost every dateline ever. And something I watched earlier today. (laughs) (laughs) Every word you just said described the latest dateline. Do I need to get into dateline? Yes. I'm not great with murder. I love a crime pod. I love a British crime pod. I love a British police procedural Mm. or British crime uh, limited series, but I don't know that. I think Dateline is just one step too far for me. Listen, just give it a try. Give it a try. Is it literally just Dateline? It's like murder tonight at nine. Why don't I send you an episode? Let me curate an episode for you. Please. Can you do a Dateline episode? Absolutely. I will send you a top three. That's it. Okay, great. Okay, great. And they're only an hour, right? That's the fun of Dateline. Some are, some are longer than others. I never know what's going to be, which is always exciting. I'm like, is this a long one or a short one? I don't know. Today was they a long They don't one. tell you. Wait, Dateline is TV, right? They don't tell you how long the date. Oh, like how many parts it's going to be? Yeah. I mean, to me, sometimes I, I watch a Dateline and I feel like it's an hour. And other times I look and it's two hours. And I'm like, is this normal? I don't know. I'm, I'm along with the ride. We don't ask <laughs> questions. That's where the gummy comes in. You're like, I don't even know where I am right now. But, I don't. Oh, my God. The one today, <laughs> it, felt like, it felt like I lived it for a year. That's how long it felt like it was. That was my, oh, my God. gummy hour All one. Right. I watched a Dateline. I'll give you one dateline. Thank you. you send me three, and I promise, guys, scouts out honor healing journey that I will. I will do a one. Okay. Maybe I'll uh, do an IG live because I'm kind of into doing those sometimes. All right. Again, when I watch because the narration TV, is part of it. Yeah, yeah, the experience. Yeah. You'll see. Okay, perfect. Um, uh, guys, I'm excited for that. And speaking of things I'm excited about, listen, AG Live. It's available video on demand until this 
Thursday. So get on it. If you want to watch Ryan Bailey and I react to the news of Rinna's departure a literal <gasps> hour after it was announced, talk all things Jen Shaw and more. It won't be rebroadcast on Andy's Girls. And you get to watch the video of it, which is also honestly kind of fun. On the after party, we do AG um, book club reading different housewives book club moments. We do ultimate girls trivia. And I do also give a tour of the Clawfest. Oh. So there's a lot. It's almost two hours of content. Um, we really had ourselves a very good time. Thank you to everyone for joining. The chat was like prestige. Oh. The comments were incredible. Um, so guys, you can access the AG Live again. Can't say it enough. Only available on Moment at moment.co slash Andy's Girls there until this Thursday. Um, so head on over there uh, and support the pod. It's a great way of doing it. And speaking of support, the Andy's Girls Patreon has exclusive bonus episodes and so much more. I will be doing a satchel spectacular of people's thoughts and uh, feels and questions and concerns about all things Jenton saying that'll be up this week. And also there was that demois. Did you see that fucking blind item about Heather's goddamn eye? I did. Oh, I did see that. It was a shit show. It yeah. was a fucking shit show. And I'm going to work yeah. my way through it. Um, which honestly the time on the Patreon affords because I have a couple thoughts. I still can't fucking believe that we are getting out of that reunion without knowing what happened to her dumb ass eye. And also that it might carry over into Ultimate Girls Trip 3. I think it's going to. Yeah. Can you fucking believe it? Yeah, no, I do believe it because that's how hard up people are for a storyline. Like, and I think that's shocking to me. Like, you remember Catherine Dennis? They're saying that she's not coming back to Southern Charm now. But one of the last things she did last season was she posted on social media this picture of her with this big bruise, but oh like God. then wouldn't say how she got it. So scary. And that was really just horrifying too. So I don't know what that is, but I don't like this trend with Bravo of like, was I assaulted? Wasn't I? Was it Botox? It's not. It's, like just, it's not a storyline. Yeah. It's very. It's scary. It's dangerous, and it's also triggering to so many people who have experienced or know a loved one who has experienced mm -hmm. any kind of violent or aggressive situation. It is not something to make into entertainment, especially when there are questions about general safety. So. God, on the list of fucking for the rose and thorn of 2023, I feel like Bravo's working real hard at the thorny part because yeah. we got a lot of goddamn objections and we're just getting started. It's literally January 9th. Mm -hmm. Um, Guys, on that note, follow me on Instagram at Dame Galley. I have a highlight saved of all things Jentensing. I did a Q&A after leaving the courthouse, uh, sharing a lot of inside scoop. And also on that Patreon, I have so many notes because our phones weren't allowed that I'm just literally going to be going through my notes. That's the only way to do it yeah. because I had stars next to fucking things that were said. There was a whole lot there um it would be an andy scrolls that would be 15 hours long if it was on ag classic so it'll be on the patreon um so look for that soon patreon.com slash andy scrolls bravo bravo duck and bravo thanks for coming back healing journey oh, so healing journey. thank you die for you i'm gonna go pop a gummy i don't have but we'll imagine that i do and watch some dateline on that note guys we will chat with you soon Bye bye, bye. Doc.
doctors take field of greens for their own health. Here's Dr. Ryan Green to explain. We're like you, too much fast food and not enough exercise. That's why I take field of greens. The fruits and vegetables in field of greens support my heart, lungs, kidneys, and metabolism for weight loss. And Field of Greens promises your doctor will notice your improved health or your money back. Get 15% off with promo code HEALTH at fieldofgreens.com. That's promo code HEALTH at fieldofgreens.com. Product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease.